Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I remember one night in my room writing this list and I'm turning the pages and I'm looking at this and I said, I'm adding to this list faster than I'm taking away from this list. Oh my God, this is never going to end. Spending every day writing lists of all my negative emotions, limiting beliefs is never going to end. Because even if I get through the thousands, I mean, I literally (laughs) did thousands of these. I mean, I spent so much money, so much time, sacrificed so much real life experiences to stay inside and heal. And again, it was helpful, but I realized that would never realize peace. There was no point where I could just start living and just have a functional, awakened, joyous life. It was always coming back to fixing myself. And so that was the origin of one of the phrases, one of the chapters in my book, Stop Fixing and Start Living. Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. 
what happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. As a child, you were probably taught to stop using your intuition. You were taught to follow the rules, follow direction, never listen to your feelings or needs, and do things to keep pleasing the people around you. The rules seem to be that if something gave you a deep sense of unease, ignore that and do as you are told. Tuning into your intuition is about coming back to the truth listening to what you really want and what you really need. Because when you know yourself in this way, when you're making decisions that are good for you, you're healing in monumental ways. My blog post, How to Tap into Your Intuition, is out now on the Heal blog. That's at my website, howmyparentsraisedme.com. Go to my website, you'll find all of my blog posts and podcast episodes. There is a link to this blog post in the show notes. Andrew was ostracized from the school community as a child. He was picked on, abandoned and ignored. And the beliefs that he took away from those experiences left him in deep trauma. After experiencing suicidal thoughts and hating his life, Andrew decided he had two choices. He either stopped living or he needed to figure out how to live a good, happy, joyful life. And he tried it all, every modality, every type of healing, and they all worked, but he felt none of them took him to that place of real connection, deep contentment and joy. And so Andrew created his own modality called Cinesomatics. You can find a link to Cinesomatics and find out more information in the show notes. We picked this story up as Andrew is explaining how difficult life was for him at school. So when I was about five or six years old, I had warts on my fingers and I moved to a new town, started first grade in a new school and essentially was made fun of for having warts on my fingers because no one else did. And so that set in motion a huge, a huge amount of struggle and suffering and bullying and teasing, loneliness, rejection, this whole process of, of schooling. So that journey of going to school and being with people that didn't really want me there set me on that path of eventually doing the healing work. But when I was when I was a kid, when I was in school, I would be teased, I would be tripped in the hall, people would slap my books down in the hallway, I would sit alone at lunch, picked last in gym class, you know, the whole kind of nerd teenage movie trope was actually my life. And it it got it got really bad at multiple times and especially when i was later in my teenager years i was starting to fantasize about suicide and revenge and some pretty dark stuff and 
I had an opportunity, I made an opportunity essentially in that moment at about 17 years old where I was thinking about killing myself or at least entertaining the idea. And I imagined what that would be like. I imagined that process. And that didn't seem very fun to me. I was very avoidant of a lot of pain. And at the same time, I was already in a lot of pain. I was in tremendous suffering, crying myself to sleep at night, mostly around this the social leprosy, the social rejection. But I eventually got to that turning point of either I end it or I do whatever it takes to figure this out, to, to not have a life like my high school and middle school years. And so that was the start of my healing journey. Well, when at the time, of course, I didn't realize I was choosing to, to indulge in the victimhood and to use it to find ways to get attention and pity and people to feel sorry for me. I just wasn't suffering. Now as an adult, I recognize I was doing that stuff. But at the time, I mean, it, it was poor me. It was, I took it all personal. I took what these people said about me and made it into my identity, that I was a loser, that I was undesirable. And again, I didn't know it at the time, but as I've been on this journey, I realized I had some secondary gains from that. There was attention. There was all these other things that were at play where I could have responded and made a different choice in a very different way. I just didn't know better. I just had no idea there were other options until 20 years later. So at the time, it was just a lot of, a lot of confusion, a lot of confusion because I was very happy and playful and loving, and I was facing people that were scared of me just because I had warts on my fingers. And so I began to vilify the warts on my fingers. I began to almost attack myself because it was these warts that I thought were the thing that made me unlovable. And so that, that was a whole year, years of trying to remove the warts. And even when they were gone, even when I had them frozen and burned and chemicaled and lasered off, it really didn't change much. And that imprint, that feeling of there being something wrong with me and being undesirable stayed with me. That reputation stayed with me through most of my schooling. My troubles at home came a lot from my own, let's just say, issues with authority. <laughs> and there was, there was a lot of struggle at home because of stuff at school. There was a lot of stuff in the way that I was not necessarily the easiest child to order around. And there was that issues. And then my, my parents fought a lot. And they fought usually about money-related things and pressures and stressors. So there was a lot of chaos around that. And that was also 
further things in my life that I, I had to, to deal with. I mean, I was completely depressed. Now, again, these weren't any medical labels, but I was depressed. I hated myself. I hated school. I hated my life. I, you know, listened to emo music and was just, you know, living a really sad, pathetic, sorry for myself kind of existence. And I found a lot of solace in nerdy things. Computers, that's how I got into to software. Eventually, I had a software company. So I, I liked computers a lot because they didn't know me. They, they didn't, I could interface with something without the fear of rejection, without the fear of drama and criticism. It wasn't the end of the world, my, my home life. There, there was a lot of really genuine love and, and great stuff in it. There was just a lot of also drama and other stuff as well. And so between those two things, as you said, there's not much else. And so I read a lot of books. And when I was old enough, I played video games and got into computers. But yeah, there was, there was a lot of sadness and a lot of confusion. Why me? Why me? Why me? That was, was a big one. After I made that choice, it took a few years before things actually started turning around. And that choice, like I said, was to do whatever it takes to figure this out, you know, to have a good life, to be happy, to have friends, to have girlfriends, to just not hate myself. And so one of the biggest the first real big turning point, I was doing some personal development training. And the first day of months long of training, I learned this, the first concept. It was like the first thing on the first day of the first concept. And it was this idea of cause and effect, but not cause and effect in the sense of Newtonian physics, but cause and effect in the sense that you're either at the effect of your life or you're the cause in your life. And that shook my whole world. That was my first wake-up call out of the victim mentality. Because before then, it was just, oh, just be yourself. Deal with whatever presents you. You have a, a hand of cards that are dealt to you when you're born. You just make the best out of them. All of these kind of things, just none of them said, oh, you actually have a say in how your life goes. And I just wasn't raised with that, with or at least with a very deep understanding of I can create my reality. I can choose how my life is going to end up rather than however the wind's going to take me. And then from there... I started to take responsibility for all of that stuff that happened in childhood. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So that was the, that was the, the first big turning point when I was about 21 years old. It was the typical self-help. It was personal development. It was getting into self-improvement work. It was learning and reading the traditional books, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People, learning about the, how the mind works, psychology, just really entry-level basic like, oh, you can actually learn something to improve your life. So that's what I started with. A, a lot of books, a lot of blogs, a lot of classic self-help material. During that 10 years, I did everything. I got into spirituality. I got into, I mean, gosh, I did everything from neurolinguistic programming, hypnotherapy, EFT tapping, acupuncture, Reiki, plant medicines, therapy, life coaching, chiropractic, detoxing. I did vegan, raw vegan. So I did cleanses, supplements. So my whole, I had this whole journey of not only mental and emotional healing, but physical healing and healing as well. So it was, it was a decade of stuff. So there was a lot of stuff going on and much of it worked. Some of it didn't work at all, but eventually none of it really popped me through. None of it really took me out of suffering. Two points. One point was, I remember in my mid-20s, and this was, this was the start of it, in my mid-20s, and I had notebooks, not this one, but notebooks like this. I had notebooks filled with limiting beliefs, negative emotions, all of these things for me to, to clear and to release and heal and all this stuff. And I remember doing that for years and it was helpful. It was, it was really helpful. I had a lot of trauma, a lot of emotional pain, and it helped. It got me out of the depression. But I remember one night in my room writing this list and I'm turning the pages and I'm looking at this and I said, I'm adding to this list faster than I'm taking away from this list. Oh my God. This is never going to end. Spending every day writing lists of all my negative emotions, limiting beliefs is never going to end. Because even if I get through the thousands, I mean, I literally <laughs> did thousands of these. I mean, I spent so much money, so much time, sacrificed so much real life experiences to stay inside and heal. And again, it was helpful, but I realized that would never realize peace. There was no point where I could just start living and just have a functional 
awakened, joyous life. It was always coming back to fixing myself. And so that was the origin of one of the phrases, one of the chapters in my book, Stop Fixing and Start Living. Because I realized, oh, yes, this is still helpful. There's a lot worse things I could be doing, but I'm actually using this to hide out. I'm actually hiding behind the self-help work in order to avoid actually going and getting rejected or you know, whatever was out in the world. So that was, that was the first one. And the second one was when I was homeless for the second time. And I said, oh, okay, what is going on here? Because I learned all these spiritual ideas that, that were actually really good ideas. I learned all the stuff around abundance and mindset. I dealt with money issues. I did all of this healing work. This was eight years of self-help, spirituality, personal development, all of this kind of work. And yet my life was less functional than it ever was. I actually had more money and a more functional life when I was running my software company before I got into any of this. And I, I didn't understand it. I was really, really confused because I got wiser and wiser and more whole and healed, but less and less functional in the world. And I said, there, there's got to be something else. Like the, there's the idea that you can be either successful in the normal kind of matrix world and not be spiritual or vice versa, that if you were spiritual, you couldn't have success in the material. I didn't buy that. It didn't make sense. I saw many people that were able to unite those two in a very wholesome, holistic way. And so that that is eventually what led me to the embodiment work, where it's like, oh, okay, there's there, there's more than what's going on in my mind. And well, then the rest is history of starting Cinesomatics and like before even starting that, learning about the embodiment and five years of my own journey of doing real shadow work and, and seeing how I was showing up physically in the body was not matching my image of myself. So those were the two, the two kind of turning points in the wake-up calls. The first was, okay, this path is never going to realize peace. And the second one was, oh, I am missing something completely different than everything else that's being taught. So let's just start with the word cinesomatics. So cine comes from the cinema. So video, movement. It's a, it also has its base in, in Greek of kina, which is uh, movement. So that's the cine part. So movement and video. And then somatics, which is of the body. And so cinesomatics is a, it's a methodology and philosophy and approach to healing that uses video and movement to help people see the hidden and subconscious stories, mythologies, and archetypes 
that are running their life. The thing that makes it different than almost everything else out there is that instead of trying to figure out everything in the rational, linear, logical headspace, we use the body and feeling to heal and penetrate and discover what's happening. So if, for example, let me just give an example of what the difference could look like. Say somebody has trouble with receiving in their life. They can talk to their normal talk kind of therapist or coach. And for weeks or months, they can talk about how they are really open to receiving and people have given them, but things still aren't working. And all of these stories around why they have trouble around receiving. And they may or may not find resolution. Okay, well, here's five steps. Maybe go practice doing this. You know, do this with gifts. They're just kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. With the cinesomatics, with the embodied work, we just look at your body. We just ask you to show what you think receiving looks like in your body. And then we play that back and we actually see how you embody that archetype. And that shows us how you actually live it in your life. Because so many of us have stories, we have distortions, we have inaccurate definitions. Our entire idea of ourself can be inaccurate and we don't even know it. And so with the video and the movement, it cuts through all of that. You can see within seconds the truth of how you're actually showing up in the world. Because the way you're embodying something is the thing that's interfacing with reality. It's the thing that's in time and space. And that's the the dimension in which you actually create and achieve things. And so if the way you're showing up in your body is different than the way you think you're showing up in life. So one of one of the big differences is in Cinosomatics we use video. And the the video component is uh, included in the pillar of cinesomatics. And so the the actual facilitation in the cinesomatic process involves potentially very confronting sessions in which the the person is moving, the person is doing specific archetypes in the body, they're showing certain things in the way that they move and they feel. And then we are we're filming this. And so we play this video back and you actually get to see yourself doing those things. And it's not just, it's not just emotions, it's functionality, it's connection, it's intimacy. It's how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so how somebody shows up in the body, how someone responds to the feedback, how somebody joins the call, the entire thing is a part of the process. The clients get feedback on all elements of everything in how they show up. And then so that video feedback and verbal feedback from me or the facilitators is a feedback loop. It's information. It allows them to see themselves in a new way. And then from there, they have an opportunity in the body to rewire that to actually rewire their nervous system 
and build new neural pathways to something that's more functional in life. So it's not only just it's not only just healing, but it's actually helping people add zeros to their income, develop better relationships, get more creativity, have more peace. It's 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 an entire life transformation process. Thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me. If you listen on Apple, I would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, follow me at my big love project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week. Thank you.